Pour yourself a sweet tea, pull up a lawn chair, and turn the page with us. You're listening to Right On Mississippi, a podcast taking you inside the minds of America's most treasured wordsmiths. Hosted by Ebony Lumumba and brought to you by the Mississippi Book Festival, the South's Literary Lawn Party. Chapter 6, Kiese Lehman. Kiese Lehman, he's an editor and a professor of English and creative writing at the University of Mississippi. He was born and raised right here in Mississippi and is the author of three full-length books, Long Division, How to Slowly Kill Yourself and Others in America, and his most recent release, Heavy. Lehman's work deal with American racism, feminism, family, masculinity, hip-hop, and Southern Black life, among other things. In addition to his books, Lehman has written essays and stories for numerous online publications, such as ESPN.com, Gawker, The Washington Post, New York Times, and NPR. His most recent release, Heavy, encompasses what he describes as growing up a hard-headed Black son to a complicated and brilliant Black mother in Jackson, Mississippi. Kiese is a son of the South and most especially a son of Mississippi, a writer, a teacher, a mentor, and a friend. This is Right on Mississippi. I am Ebony Lumumba, and I'm much more interested in who I'm sitting across from than who I am. Kiese Layman, how are you? I'm so happy to be here with you. Thank you. You can't be any more happy than <laughs> I am. We're high, we've been high-fiving and fist-bumping before the mics even turned on. Yep, so yep. I'm thrilled that you could take some time out chat with me today. What I like to do is just have really organic conversation with folks that are writing in and out of and about Mississippi. Um, Hopefully we'll cover some things that other interviews haven't covered. Like, Tell us, give us some secrets. Okay. Treat us (laughs) like your home folk, right? Like family. All right. I want to start by, one, there's this review. So Heavy, you're doing this massive tour on your new release, which is amazing. Yeah. And I don't just say that because I like you. Right. <laughs> but as a literary critic, I feel like I can say it's, it, it's, it's good stuff. Yeah. But there is this review that says KSA is a star in the American literary firmament. Uh-huh. So, y'all, I'm in the universe right now. Oh, come on. <laughs> I am telescoping on <laughs> KSA Layman. That's funny. I also like that it's described um, as you're writing about growing up a hard-headed black son to a complicated and brilliant black mother. Yeah. That's my mama. I met your mama. Did you? Yes, she's a force. She is a force. She is a force. And she I was instantly force. like taking notes on like yeah. how to be. Yeah. You know, when I was a kid, people would always I see meet younger, well, older people, young people, and they'd be like, uh, who's your mama? I was like, my mama teacher Jack, because we got different last names. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, who's your mama? I'd be like, Mary Coleman. And often those people would be like, oh, <laughs> oh that's you know, mama. that's your mama, you know? And I was like, fam, you have no idea. You think it's hard in that classroom. She 24-7, you had it. she don't play at home. She I can, did not play at home. I can sense that. I mean, but but then she's, you know, she's a complicated woman. So, yeah. like, she, she did play at home. She would laugh and she would, you know. She's a whole woman. She's completely whole. And yeah. that's what I tried to, tried to bring to that book and also just bring um, – the importance of reading and writing, which is really what the thing she gave me and caring for our people. Like those three things are the most important things she gave. And in the midst of, you know, giving me all of these tools and whatnot, um, I just got to see her become, you know what I'm saying? She had me when she was 19. Mm-hmm. She was a young woman. Um, and I just got to see her go through a whole lot of things that um, I think she regrets. And she got to see me go through everything that I regret. And so I just wanted to write a book, you know what I'm saying? Like directly to her about the secrets that we kept from one another, mm-hmm. but that we both knew. 
Right, like unspoken, unspoken truths. Yeah. You knew they existed. But Absolutely. It just wasn't the conversation that you were having at dinner. Yeah, we didn't know how to talk about it. I mean, we didn't know how to talk about sexual violence, you know? Mm. Like, you know, my mom was in an abusive relationship. We didn't know how to—I knew how to fight the dude who was harming her, but yeah. I didn't know how to talk about what it made me feel, and she didn't—I mean— Or I that you needed to do that. You needed right. to talk through that. Definitely needed to. I, I mean, retrospectively, and now, thankfully, like, I think people are more— likely to do that had those kind of conversations but back then all the books i read all the essays she made me write none of that really prepared me to talk to her about what i saw her experiencing and mm. what i was experiencing mm. so i needed to get to a place with my with my art where i could do it and wow and and we get heavy yeah but you know real talk i've been trying to write heavy like my i mean if if i'm gonna be honest like my first novel long division like i was trying to write heavy i just mm. couldn't write it my second book how to solely kill yourself and others i was definitely trying to write heavy i just didn't have the courage i didn't have the skill hmm. you know what i'm saying really? i didn't no i just couldn't pull it off you know what i'm saying and, and, i mean we've experienced your skill and what i what i would describe as courageous writing so to hear you say that yeah. you don't think that even those two texts embrace no. it in a way that heavy does that's you know fascinating how, you know how what you know like in that first book i talk about this time when i was tripping and my mama pulled a gun on me mm-hmm. and the way I write it, it write it appears that that's the only time my mama pulled a gun on me, you know. <laughs> and my mama pulled a gun on me numerous like, times because I was like, because I was tripping, right? And I'm yeah. not saying she should have or blah blah right. blah, but she did. And when I was writing that book, I was still in that place where like I can't tell all of our secrets or a smidgen of our secrets because my mother and I are not independently wealthy. We have to go to work tomorrow. Yes. Yeah. You know, you know. I mean, there's social judgment too that will hinder your Absolutely. your lifestyle. Yes, or ability to live. Yes. I'm with it. And so I knew that I, if I rendered my mama like, you know, with lots of dimension, I think some people might judge her. But I figured if I mm-hmm. pulled it off the way I wanted to, people would see that she, like most Americans, is a complicated woman who fails sometimes and succeeds often. But also, like, the thing that distinguishes my mom from most people is that she has, like, an abiding love for black folks in yeah. the South. Yeah. And she has an abiding love for reading and writing. Like, she really believes that can save us. Like, and I'm not sure that can save us, but she believes that. And so, anyway. Yeah. Once I got yeah. those two books out from under me, I felt like I could I could do something. So there was some groundwork that had to be laid. Had first. to be laid. Yeah. Had to be laid. I can understand that. I'm interested one in black motherhood because I'm a black mother. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and black motherhood raised me, my mother, my grandmother, yeah. my sisters uh, as mentors to me. But I want to know about what you feel the importance is of hearing about Black motherhood from a black man. Oh boy! Especially considering like where we are socially, Mississippi, the nation, the world. Yeah, you know that's a complicated, tough question because sometimes I think the nation gets so focused on like absent black fathers mm-hmm. or present black fathers that they, I think, intentionally neglect the work that black wow. women are doing. Mm-hmm. Right, black mothers, black grandmothers, black aunties, black sisters, and so. I just want to make clear, like, I'm not dissing black fathers. You know right. what I'm saying? I'm not a black father. But what I am dissing is this narrative that believes that present black fathers can save the black community. I think loving black family mm. is one of the things that All will save pieces. Love it. And it can be three fathers. It mm-hmm. can be four fathers. It can be two mothers. It can be one mother. It can auntie, be cousin. Auntie, all yeah. of that thing. You know, okay. and that's that's why I'm here. And mm-hmm. it sounds like that's why you're here, too. Yeah. And so, yes, absolutely. As a man... You know, cisgender man, like if I do have children, I want to be not just present, but I want to be loving and caring and patient the way my grandmother was with me. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so 
I just think it's important for us as 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 black men to not just talk about our mothers in that very sometimes like reverential reverential Dear way. mama. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> I mean, I really appreciated their mom, actually, yes. you know, because there's that point when he, I mean, it's I was iconic song. Yo, right? when he said, and even as a crack fiend mom, he always was a black queen mom. I was just like, oh, did he just tell everybody his that mama? His mom had an addiction you know? issue. Right. Which yeah. is, which is weird. And so for, for me, my thing was this. If anybody in this room right now came in here and started disrespecting my mama, my body would want to mm-hmm. kill that person. Visceral reaction. Psychologically, yeah. I know it's the wrong thing to do. My body. So I was just like, what does it mean that I have this love for my mama that will make me kill for her, but I can't tell her the truth about what happened yesterday. I feel mm. like that's like a, a, a tricky kind of love. Right? I wouldn't yeah. even call it a love. So I just wanted to explore. And she's the same thing with me. My mama does not play. If you touch me, she's going to come after you. Mm-hmm. But we weren't good at being honest. So as a black man in Mississippi, who's I think encouraged to defend mothers, but not be honest with mm. mothers, defend black women, but, but not, not be, be honest. honest with black women or accountable to or black accountable women. to black women. Mm-hmm. That's the more important word. I just wanted to try to create a different kind of text where I'm being honest. I'm trying to be accountable, but I'm also talking about big old gaps in me, you know, and mm-hmm. a lot of fear I have about having parents, having children. You know what I'm saying? Um, and part of that is because I don't want to make mistakes. My my parents made. Mm. Um, and another part of that is I think sometimes I want to keep making the mistakes and I don't think I can make those mistakes if I have With children, children. <laughs> you know, well, let me tell you, children just call you out on your mistakes. So maybe mommy, I do need some you children. You did that then. wrong. Mommy, that's a bad word. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I get from is that what they tell my four year old. Like, mommy, you're not supposed to do that. What? Yeah. Accountability. How, I mean, how was, multiply. how was it like, how was actually having a child different than what you thought it was going to be? In every way. every way. I had no, none of my expectations were like validated. Word. It just, it is um, this transformative thing that you do that the transforming never ends. So you never become the butterfly, right? You are always in the cocoon. You Ooh. are always transforming. You are Ooh. always growing and shrinking and learning. So Word. yeah, I don't give, I don't give mothers advice outside of go to sleep. Get yourself, right, like yeah. get some rest yeah. and be yeah. a rested person because, I mean, there are no, there's nothing that has happened to me that will happen to you in the same way. Damn. Yeah. Uh, did that scare you? That's, I mean, in a, in a good <laughs> it way. It scares me every morning. In a good way. Like, what is today going to be? But I take it 24 That's so interesting because most people talk about it as if it's like, this is what it means to be a mother for everybody. And I like you. Like, I mean, no. That would be really nice if that were true. Right. And there was a book or a DVD or a Netflix docuseries <laughs> right. that I could have watched <laughs> and, and, and known what to do. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, what I like that you've done with Heavy, and I, I was talking to Jasmine Ward about mm-hmm. your book. And she, I mean, she had so many wonderful things to say. I love about Jasmine. What, yeah, yeah. I mean, I want to just like Photoshop myself into that relationship, like that friendship Yo, with the two of you she guys. Made, but, she, she fit professionally. I just, I just got to say this. She made me. Put it on You wax. know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. I need people to know that. Like as a, my mama made me. Yeah. My mom made me an artist. But in this profession, you need more than that. Mm. You need somebody. You need a community. You need a community, and you often need a model. And, like, literally, Jasmine went to Agate. I went to Agate. Yeah. Jasmine went to Bloomsbury. I went to Bloomsbury. Jasmine went to Scribner. I went to Scribner. You know what I'm saying? Like, I literally followed well, this. I mean, how much of that was being able to see yourself in a place where we don't see ourselves? That was It was all of that. I was just like, 
at the time. When I, mean, I say we, I mean black people. But that's we, yeah. Like, I was creating art that I thought was good and provocative, but there wasn't a place for it in the, in the marketplace. I mean, mm-hmm. I had a book deal with Penguin, yeah. and then they were like, you got to take the racial politics out of your book. And I was like, well, Ouch. fuck, I don't have a book if I do that. Mm-hmm. And then I saw Jasmine was at this independent place in um, Chicago, Agate, sent my books there. And my whole thing ultimately was like, if you accept the way Jasmine writes about her Mississippi, you mm-hmm. might be able to accept the way I write about mine. And um, I mean, and we different writers, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. I, I mean, I think, 100%. I think, I think we, I think one of the things that connects us is that we definitely have like a, a love for us mm-hmm. and we, and we, and we really are interested in like the mystery of like black life and death, but we you know we're different, but end of the day, that's a sister from Mississippi. Yeah. And I'm like, if 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 you make a way for her, maybe y'all can help make a way for me. And so my goal is to help make way for more folks coming after us. But Jasmine set the she set it in motion. I mean, what a what a wonderful example to have. Oh my goodness, what you all are doing collectively, and there are others. You know, young sister Angie Thomas. Oh my god, is doing this as well. It's what we have. I think right now in Mississippi is a literary moment that we've never seen before where we have these writers of color who are writing our truths and they're varied, they're myriad. And so coming up as a lover of literature, that wasn't what I was able to read from Mississippi. You know, I was impacted by Eudora Welty and how she um, documented black life and I still engaged that and that was helpful. But now I'm so excited for the young people that I teach at Tougaloo College and uh, my children, that there is this moment happening where this truth is very uh, raw and it's beautiful and it's ugly and it's told by folks who have lived an experience that no they doubt. lived. Like there's y'all are living at a Roanoke. No, <laughs> and, no, right, right. You know, which that's is a big deal. That's a big deal. And to know that it can happen. And for you all, I mean, the three that I've mentioned, you, Jessamine and Angie, making a choice not only to write about Mississippi, but to live Child. in Mississippi. You tell it. That's tell it. me about this, I mean, that's this a choice. choice to be here. That's a choice. And what it means. You just said it all. Like, we grew up with these models that were incredible, literary models. Yes. Incredible. And, and Margaret Walker, I think, yep. had a lot of love for Mississippi. She did. But there are a number of other people, understandably, who could not bear the weight of this state mm-hmm. right and right is one of them yeah um but you know i'm not speaking for jasmine and I, i'm definitely not speaking for angie but you you can see in our work that we love critically love this place mm-hmm. and we want to be here i mean we could all be living in other places you know what I'm saying we could all be living in other places but for me i didn't come home just because you know i wanted to impact like the younger generation that's part of it but really yeah. i i came home because that Mississippi, that thing that made me like, I just couldn't see or feel any of it when I was up in New York. That you know thing what I'm that made me. That thing that made Can me. Can we just, is that the next part? Okay. <laughs> that thing that made, and I know you know, I mean. Yes. There's this, that, that thing that made me like, I just, I remember I got stopped by the cops up in, uh, up in New York. I was driving mm-hmm. my partner's car. The cops said I did a rolling stop sign. And. Often when I got stopped by cops in New York, my colleagues would just drive by me, wave. You know where I'm from. If, if you see somebody, just waving. I don't know. I'm saying like, <laughs> this a, is not the time to be. Where I'm from, if you cordial, see somebody, you, you like, stop. if I see you hemmed up by a cop, I'm gonna stop I'm to make stopping. sure you you okay. Absolutely. So that was that was that was the most explicit example. And I was like, all right, I got to go back home. Like not just because I mm. got you know I want to bring something good home. Yes, but also like I just needed, I needed that spirit. I needed that force. I needed. 
you know, that thing that made my grandmama, that made you, that made mm-hmm. me. And I needed to be it. And Mississippi is a place where a lot of times people who can leave, leave. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. that's, I just that's needed the, to come back. like, expected trajectory, I think. That's it. Yeah. Well, we, my husband and I, we left for college and yep. grad school. And we circled back. And we're here, right. you know, until further notice. That thing that made me, though, I I, I love this quote. Yeah. Um, and you're talking about this experience that you had with the cops in New York. And I think about something that I don't know that anybody I know has noticed, but when there's a funeral procession in other parts of the country, people just keep driving past they it. Don't like, know to, they don't know to pull over. Right. And I didn't realize that until I left home that this was at least a, a Southern thing maybe, but certainly a Mississippi thing that when you are in a funeral procession, other drivers pull over until it has passed. Yeah. This, this moment of reverence. And so— That's real. When I came home and it was still happening the way that it has always happened my whole life and I got to explain it to my four-year-old, that was just another kind of stamp on it's important to be in this space for more than just kind of wanting to lead the charge for progressive and positive change. But there are some things that are here that are valid, that are valuable. Absolutely. And that are a a part of me that I'm proud of. Absolutely. And that's not necessarily the narrative. That we get nah, about Mississippi. It's I mean, not. I often describe it. Like, we are the portrait of Dorian Gray. That's exactly who we are. For the rest of the nation. To the rest of the world. Yeah. Right, right, right. Which is, you know. Hypocritical as heck. It, it's so hypocritical. I mean, the, the wonderful thing about our state is because it has been so terrifying, particularly to black folk, mm-hmm. we're not at like a deficit for like freedom fighters. <laughs> that's what makes that's, right. that's what makes places like Oxford so scary is that like mm. they have chosen to concretize and make like confederate statues or yeah. make statues of of a particular kind of young person mm-hmm. when we have so many people yeah. throughout our history yeah. who were actually freedom fighters who did not harm anybody who were right really right. fighting ultimately for the liberation real talk of everybody but then and challenge we, folks humanity yeah. Right? yeah and so like my thing is mississippi like we set the model like we you know people Agreed. you go to places you go to china you go to argentina like the model we set for what people call civil rights and organic indigenous rights mm-hmm. was was laid right and here and resistance and resistance it was mm-hmm. laid here you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying i'm not exactly. saying it wasn't other places but i just think sadly you just have to I feel like I need to remind people whenever I do these conversations. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? So like, do I. Yeah. Because, because this was, I was talking about this the other day. You know that Tupac quote about the rose that grows in concrete. I'm never going to let nobody say that I grew up in no concrete. This ain't concrete. This is not concrete. This is some fertile, mm-hmm. fertile soil Rich. we grow up in. Mm-hmm. And fertile soil sometimes creates, oftentimes creates really great produce and, yeah. you know, flowers and all of that shit. So I know why we here and I know who we come from part of where we come from another part of where we come from <laughs> is like you know there, there's a yeah. lot of people in the state who are like committed to terror yeah you know but that, but that ain't all, but that ain't all our state though. no it's right. not our whole story so what role do you think as a writer specifically because we understand politician there are some politicians right. that are doing good work uh there are some artists that are doing good work there are some you know culinary artists yep. that are doing good yep. work and folks in business and education but for writers specifically right. what what do you feel your role is in t- in sort of crafting an equitable narrative of the state. Yeah, you know, Tony K. Bambara said oh, this, like, my 
my job is to make revolution irresistible. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like that's yeah, I love and that. and and there are different ways to re- revolt, right? There's like these overt political revolutions. I think there's emotional communal revolutions. Mm. I'm trying to you know be a part of a creative revolution that allows all people, and particularly Black Southern people, yeah. to know that like our lives, like the minutia of our lives, are worth talking to and telling. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and yeah, like, and like my, you know, my book is called Heavy, not just because it's about weight, but because I think ultimately like your story connected to my story, mm-hmm. you know, connected to Chokwe's story, connected mm-hmm. to Eve's story, like it's going to make us heavier. And what I know mm. from being in this state is that like when black folk are heaviest, we're hardest to move and we're also more likely wow. to push and create spaces that make us, you know, able to talk today. So I'm trying to use my art to make us heavier, more connected um, and also more willing to confront like those things we don't want to talk about. So we don't need to have any more like p- purely patriarchal revolutions yeah. in this state. Right, we right. don't need to or have anywhere. Anywhere. <laughs> we don't need to have, you know, revolutions that don't that don't welcome, not just tolerate, but welcome like trans folk and like queer folk. We need to make revolutions that like actually embody all of who we are. And I'm trying to create art. That can that can do that, but not. But I'm not trying to preach, though. Yeah, not, it's not like I preach it right now. But in my art, I'm not trying to preach. <laughs> well, you haven't dropped you know any scriptures. Okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they're gonna ordain you today. Right. You're safe. I, this concept of heavy, though, you're saying because I think you can be heavy and not be substantive. Yes. Man. So you know what I've experienced with the young people that are on the campus where I teach who have engaged your work. What happened, and a similar thing happened to some of um, Jessman's work, is that we spend the class session talking more about their experiences than what's in the book. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really powerful mm-hmm. dynamic mm-hmm. because they've injected themselves into an important conversation Absolutely. where they are validated, where they feel uh, relevant yes. and recognized. Right. And so I mean, that's kind of what— That's a big deal. Yeah. No, I mean, that has to happen not only— in um, black communities, but black Southern yeah. communities, which is a completely different animal. Right. I mean, that call and response, that's, that's just a variation yeah. of call and response, you know? Right. So when teachers tell me, like, you know, we taught your book and, um, you know, the kids didn't want to talk about the text. They wanted to talk about their lives. Yeah. Like, I'm saying that's part of what we want. The same thing happened with Angie's book. Absolutely. They star went out of the window and they started talking about Let's talk. yeah. themselves and their communities and their fathers and, you know, one sister talked about her father being in a gang her entire life wow. and him losing his life to gang violence, but how that how that um, informed her upbringing oh, wow. and her perspective. Wow! And so to feel this that what your texts have the ability to do is create these safe spaces, regardless of environment, yeah. for the Black Southern experience, yeah. which unfortunately I think that um, in a lot of our literature, albeit brilliant. The black experience is sort of muted yep. or marginalized Absolutely. or Southernness is, cannot be um, associated with blackness. Right. And this is the only blackness that I know. Exactly. Right. Like Southern. Right. And so, you know, yes. it's an interesting conversation to have with other black people mm-hmm. in other parts of the country who associate Southernness with um, with whiteness. Solely. Right. And I mean, that limits our experience. I get frustrated. At yeah, like I do, that, too. You know, because there'll be people who. Lots of letters after their name, but like they've seeded mm-hmm. the they've seeded the South to white folk. I mean, you saw it. We just saw it with that with the election. Wow, you know what I'm saying? Like wow. you seeding the you know like this is 
for me, the South is black. You know, like when Andre 3000 said the South got something to say, he wasn't talking about white folks got something to say. You know what I'm saying? He wasn't like, yo, like, well, the, the, the white folks got something to say in the South. No, fam. He talking he about Specifically hip hop, right? Yes. That has been, again, marginalized by other hip hop Absolutely. Community. But the thing is, what's so dope is like he was from Atlanta. He could have easily said Atlanta got something to say. But he, nah. yeah, he roped it. And when he said that, I remember feeling that. I was like, because, you know, being from here, I always thought about Atlanta as a different Almost a different mm-hmm. country, right? Like, because <laughs> that's own country. Almost, yeah. you know, and, and and or New Orleans was a different, you know. New Orleans so, is a different. It, kinda, it, is, it is a different, right? We got to give it to them. You need a passport to get to, to, get, to get in there. Yeah, but I'm just, you know, this black, this South is. I mean, my grandmama worked too hard for me to say it's that's not ours. That's very true. My grandmama literally worked too hard in yeah. that land, and I'm born here because she did not. I have all respect in the world for people who left and went. To Gary, Indianapolis, Chicago, Chicago, yeah. um, St. Louis, St. Louis, mm-hmm. Detroit. My grandmama didn't run. Yeah, that's why I'm here. Yeah, that's why I'm born here. Me so too. how dare man? Please, I wish I would get this place to those folks. So this is our state. We just have, we have some ownership. We definitely here. do. We do, that and we, we need to share of. it with the with, with with not. We know we talk about white folks so much, but like with indigenous folk because yeah. they've been here before yeah. us. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Very so true. like. I'm and just it's, not, it's, I mean, the naming and the, the word Mississippi and Natchez exactly. and yeah, all of these exactly. names that allude to an appreciation for a culture yes. that, you know, you you see very little of. Yes. And so you can live your whole life in a space like this whole and life. never have any interaction right. with indigenous communities, which is shameful. Which is shameful. That's yeah. what that's it. That's mm-hmm. what it is. You got to call it what it is. Shameful. I'm interested, too. So, I mean, we could t- we could be heavy. Let's go ahead. For the, for, the, for the rest of this. Right. <laughs> but I also want to know some light things, right? Like, Good. you know, like writing vices. What, what do you have to have to produce this? I mean, this brilliance that you give to us. What are you eating? What are you watching? What are you drinking? Uh, well, uh, all legal. <laughs> I'm going to be. Are we. Uh, <laughs> Okay, so I grew up not drinking anything. Yeah. Like, I grew up, you know, I didn't, because mm-hmm. of, uh, I, I drank when I was like 10, and um, mm-hmm. that wasn't a good thing for me. So, yeah. all throughout, I didn't, um, I didn't drink, I didn't smoke. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was, <laughs> I was in Portland. That's rare for a Southern experience. Oh, yeah. But I was in Portland a few, few uh, I was in Portland like last year, where it's legal to do edibles. And um, oh, goodness. I did an edible, and I was just like, oh, my God. Like, Everything could have been different for me because for me, that's scary. That's a scary place, though. Portland? Feel, no, not Portland. Oh, but uh, edibles. I mean, whatever that edible took me, brownie <laughs> yeah, or gum snack. Man, that thing took me, bro. <laughs> it just took me. And then, it, and one of my friends was like, "See what I was saying? If you would have been doing this all them years, you wouldn't have been so mad." And that's like, I was like, "That's a good point." But there's so, I mean, but there's but, some value in anger. Absolutely. Yeah. That's what I want to say. Like, thank you for your anger. I want to say. One of the best things to happen to me as a writer is that when I was becoming, I wasn't drinking or smoking. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to say other. You were lucid. Oh, I was just completely in it. I want. I, I needed to feel every mm-hmm. centimeter of everything I felt and nice. try to render it on the page. Listen, it's kind of like childbirth. We can go back to for that real. Comment. So when you don't have the meds, I mean, it's a different experience. Did you do it without the meds? A little bit. Mm-hmm. What? Because <laughs> you wanted. Because you wanted to feel. No, that. because things don't go your way. All the time. So sometimes you don't have time for that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So That's I get it. Crazy. Sometimes feeling everything. Yeah. Helps you to appreciate the process. In sometimes. A different way. And so I'm I'm at this place though where I'm just unsure. Some you know because my inclination is is to suffer, mm. and that's part partly partially growing wow. up in a black Christian. Mm-hmm. 
super southern household right like the idea is that like you push until you can't push anymore mm. you take as much as you can take and you know you just got to have faith in god that you'll recover so i'm mm. a little torn because i i don't i don't if i have children for example i don't want to yeah. teach them to like i think there's a, there's a thin line between like suffering yeah and pushing yourself into a healthy place where you like get struggle. better struggle right yeah. healthy struggle mm-hmm. And so for for like for, for me, writing has just always been in the absence of liquor, in the absence of my altering substances. Writing yeah. was how I tried to make sense of what I was thinking and feeling. Which can be intoxicating, too. Com- see, like a drug of its completely own. intoxicating. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing we never talk about. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> you know, I live alone in Oxford, Mississippi for a number of reasons. Yeah. But one of the reasons is because the one thing in my life where I will not negotiate or bend is my writing practice. Mm-hmm. I write. Two hours before I go to bed, I write two hours when I wake up. I don't care wow. what's happening in my life. That's I don't. A beautiful routine. That's just what I. But but that's not. I mean, there's a part of it that enables me to write a book like this. Mm-hmm. But it also doesn't make it so great for relationships. Well, listen. <laughs> you know, you can't be like my, you can't be like. Oh, I love you too, but, but give I'm me like two hours. This. I'm gonna just <laughs> knock these four, five, six, seven, eight paragraphs out, and then we're gonna come back. You that sounds it? beautiful to me. Like, oh, <laughs> I got two hours to control the remote to go. <laughs> See, you know, shop a little that's bit, just take up. a nap. That's so good. I like that. Okay, okay, good. That's that's another I'll way. I'll find to someone look at for it. you that thinks. About yeah, that's like a good that. way to think about yeah. it. I hadn't thought about it like that. Yeah, right. We all need our space. Right. So speaking of our space, Mississippi is our space. Like yeah. we are Mississippi brother and sister. And just give me one word that describes your Mississippi. Stank. <laughs> I love it. I'm going to end on that note. That's it. This is right on Mississippi. 